We talk a lot on this podcast about chess improvement, but when it comes to improving your hiring processes, Indeed is the platform you need. Indeed has over 350 million global monthly visitors, and it has a matching engine that helps you find quality work candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with your candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Years ago, when I was running a chess teaching business, I found it hard to find good help, and I had to go through a lot of back and forth to even screen potential candidates. Indeed allows you to do those things efficiently in one place. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed for hiring, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of Perpetual Chess will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility if you go to Indeed.com slash chess. Just go to Indeed.com slash chess right now, and you'll be supporting our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, Indeed.com slash chess. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. I'm Ben Johnson, and this is the Perpetual Chess Podcast. On Perpetual Chess, I have weekly conversations with the chess world's best players, promoters, and educators about their lives, careers, current projects, and best practices. For more information, go to perpetualchesspod.com. Hello, everyone. I'm here with international master elect, uh, 14-year-old David Brodsky, fresh off of earning his third norm. Congratulations, David. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so why don't you tell your listeners a little bit about uh, your recent norm and about um, introduce yourself to the, the chess-loving audience that is listening. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm David Brodsky. As Ben mentioned, I'm 14 years old, uh, going to be 15 in August. And uh, I just got my last uh, I'm norm at the Philadelphia Open, uh, which was over Easter. Uh, yeah, I, I made it with uh, two rounds to spare, actually. I have half a point extra. Had I won my last game with black against the GM, I would have gotten the 2,400 VDA rating and uh, a GM norm, but that didn't happen. And so the so once everything gets rated, my VDA rating will be 2,380. So that's 20 points away from 2,400, which is the last thing I need for the IM norm. Uh, sorry, for the IM title. Uh, and and of course, all the paperwork has to go through. But 
Yeah. Right. But but from what I've heard, it's a bit of a hassle, but basically a formality, right? Yeah. I mean, Fide has to has to accept the norms. And from the other two where I got my norms, uh, people applied with those uh, successfully. So there shouldn't be a reason why they throw out mine from those two. Okay, yeah. And I've, I read your articles on Chess Summit. You've been, uh, in addition to playing, you're a really good chess writer, and you've been sort of chronicling your ascent. So I recommend that people check it out for some background. But um, And you've already written about your, your most recent success. Um, so uh, what is uh, how frequently do you play, David? How frequently do you go to tournaments? How frequently do I play? I mean, it depends, but y- usually it's like two, maybe a a couple tournaments, two tournaments per month, maybe, plus minus. I mean, it depends. Like during the summer, it's more, but uh, yeah, about, about two tournaments a month. Okay. It, and where do you live? Uh, Westchester County, New York. So that's maybe about in. It's north of the New York City. So. So are about, you? Or do you go into the city to play? Oh uh, yeah, I go into the city to play. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's about an hour's drive. Uh, okay, so you're not playing Thursday night action, I guess. Uh, yeah. But you, but if a good weekend tournament comes up, you're able to make the trip. Yeah, yeah. I just commute back and forth, and yeah. Okay, and how did you get into chess? How did I get into chess? Well, when I was well, my mom used to play when she was a kid, but uh, she doesn't do that. She doesn't play anymore, and. Uh, she wanted me to learn, so she bought a computer game, Fritz and Chester, for my brother. So, of course, I caught on. It was my, my younger brother. And, uh, yeah, that essentially taught me the rules and uh, some some of the other things, and I liked it. And then, uh, in, and then I think it was, like, start of the school year, 2009, I started doing lessons, played my first tournament, and start of 2010 when i was seven and and i mean it was a t- scholastic tournament and there are a bunch of kids tied tied with four oh myself included and and somehow my tie breaks were the best and i got the first place trophy so nice so how so how old were you at your first tournament uh i was seven okay and and look at you now so this is what seven years later and you're rated 2450 which is number three for 14 year olds in the u.s uh, Yes, yeah, number three. I mean, now with the recent Philly, uh, Philadelphia Open now putting me at twenty four eighty. That's uh, th- I think it's it's number two behind a Wonderliang. Uh, okay, fourteen year olds, fast company. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, are you are your rivalries with uh, the other um, promising young chess players? Are you are you on pretty good terms with them? I know you guys must yeah. cross paths a lot. Yeah, no, no, I'm in good terms with pretty much all of them so yeah i've stopped by one or two chess schools i don't know if you were there but you know greg shahadi runs the u.s chess schools and i know that you've you've been to a couple so and it seems like the atmosphere is very very supportive it's nice to see that the kids aren't at each other's throats too much (laughs) yeah of course um so you uh you play two times a month what about your study regimen how how do you improve at chess so rapidly how do I improve it just so rapidly? Well, I mean, I do, I do a lot of things. You know, how much I do depends on what day it is, you know, how much how much time I have, plus minus. And, uh, yeah, so 
One thing I like to do is tactics on uh, chesstempo.com. It's on internet and uh, and also there are the books. Uh, I mean, the books I like best are generally these days they're the Agard books. Uh, also, the new series he has with Gelfon is very good. So. Yeah, those uh, everyone speaks highly of them, and I saw that that you quoted them in your article. The three questions. Do you mind telling our listeners? Okay. I- yeah, those positional play. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and also the new the new series with Gelfond is, is is different. Gelfond writes writes it, and a- and Agar's essentially the guy who prods Gelfond. Like, what, why did you come up with this move and that kind of stuff? So. Okay. Okay, and what did you, were there any other formative books? Because those books you're recommending, I know, I mean, and not so much recommending as saying that you've benefited from, but some of our listeners, they may be a little bit advanced for. Do you have anything that that's, um, was particularly memorable for you in helping your improvement when you were a little bit lower rated? Yeah, let's see. I mean, one book that I, I read, I think when I was around 1800, it's an old book, but still pretty good. It's uh, Endgame Strategy by Sharashevsky. And it was, it's a pretty nice book. It goes, it's, it goes through like the end games, like don't do not hurry, you know, principle of two weaknesses, bishop pair, etc. All those, all those things, usually from the older games. So, and uh, okay, and I know that you've talked about. Um, so you're doing tactics and you're reading yeah. books. How much do you? How much time do you spend on each one? Like, and who designs your your study regimen? I mean, I I sort of design it myself. But and when it comes to how much time I spend on them, well, I do prefer with these books just sort of short shorter sessions instead of just you know you know instead of doing like. Like, you know, just half half hour sessions, maybe 45 minutes and then take a break and then maybe do a, a little more, maybe a different book and and all that. So. Okay. And do you have the chess set out when you do these? Uh, yeah, I do it. I do it a chess set on the board. Okay, good. So, good. Very so dedicated. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. And you're the second young talent. You know, I've had a lot of been privileged to have a lot of strong players as guests on this podcast, but uh Christopher, you and yourself are the the younger generation. Obviously, you're a few, oh, okay. few years older than he is. But yeah. I, I did want to dig into a little bit about how much you use and don't use technology when you study. Because, you know, for someone who's older like me, it's just shocking to look through the top 100 list because kids kids like yourself are just so much higher rated than they were when even I was growing up, let alone uh, people even older than me. So... In your development, not just now, but in your ascent over the past seven years, what percentage of your time would you say is spent studying with a computer versus studying with books? Yeah, that's an that's an interesting question. I mean, with the computer, that's that's ma- mainly openings and stuff, and the tactics. Yes, those are online, which make up a sizable uh, proportion of my time. But yeah, but with with books, I usually I usually just don't use don't I don't use the computer when I read the when I read the books. Occasionally, maybe if I'm if I'm interested, I finish re- I read something in the book, and then maybe I take a look look at it on the computer if it's an opening or some some end game or whatever. But but yeah, with with the percentage, I don't know I don't know. Would I make it maybe 
50-50 maybe, or okay. a little less. It's funny, because that doesn't sound that much different than what people have done historically, but for some reason, I mean, maybe it's just that there's more information out there, but uh, yeah. do you have any guesses as to why people are improving so much, kids in particular, are improving so much more quickly than they used to? Yeah, pro- I think maybe it's probably just because the in- information is a lot easier to find like, with the internet. Like, open—I mean, openings—that's uh, very a lot easier to do these days with the computer and databases and engines, but rather than back in the old days. And and yeah, and also with with the internet, it's. A, it's a lot easier to to do to do things there, like take lessons on the internet and stuff like that. Yeah. Speaking yeah. speaking of which, I know you mentioned that you you give some lessons on the internet. No, no, so. I know I, I take I take lessons. Oh, you take them. lessons. Do you mind saying who uh, who you work with? Uh yeah, Yermolinsky, Alex Yermolinsky. Ah, former yeah. podcast guest Yermolinsky. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. He's a he is quite a character. He was very entertaining. I'm I'm a big fan of his. <laughs> Yeah. How do how is he as a coach? Like is he uh, tough love or supportive? Uh I'd say more more supportive in in general. Just And uh what sort of materials? Like what's I'm sure he reviews your games. What else does he yeah. do with you? I mean it's, it's either some openings or end games. That's what he he often does end games uh in general. That's one of his specialities. Right. Uh, it's well known. For that, and and uh, how long have you been working with him? Uh, it's been well. I need to check the calendar. Uh, it's. I think we sort of started working in the at the towards the end of two thousand. Was it thirteen? Maybe like okay. So it's so it's been. It was like December two thousand thirteen when. That's when we started working together. And how often do you do lessons? And for uh, tw- twice a week, twice a week. For how um, for how long is each lesson? Uh, an hour and a half. Okay, so that's a lot of work already. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And how did you hook up with him? Oh uh, no, it was my uh, old old coach. We were sort of it was it was sort of breaking up with him, and he and he suggested, okay, do it with with Yerm with. Yermolinsky and it was sort of it used to be that I'd have two coaches but really it was it was breaking up mm. and okay yeah. and I know David that you are homeschooled so do you think that that gives you uh, extra time to study chess uh well it, it does give me some extra time and flexibility around tournaments because it makes it it makes it easier to to go places. I can do more more schoolwork before or after the tournament, and uh, and also and also it just makes it easier for stuff like Friday evening rounds and and that kind of stuff. Just not having to worry about that. But and I don't know if you're able to how privy you are to what went into your parents' decision uh, for you to to be homeschooled but do you think that that chess was a factor in oh no no it actually it actually wasn't a factor i was uh was homeschooled since first grade when i didn't know what chess was okay so, okay. so yeah um do you think that in addition to giving you more flexibility with tournaments do you think it gives you more time during the day to study uh yes i think it i think it does it's I you know I I can do I can just take take a take some time in the middle of the day and then do the schoolwork after to study chess 
so rather than go to school come back do the whole do do all the homework and have some time in the evening for chess that's so it cuts off on the the um transportation time do you think that uh you also just have more hours in the day like do you, who works with you for your curriculum at home oh my home i mean it's either my parents but i'm also taking this year i'm taking some uh classes online for for the AP, ap's and stuff and and also one college class uh, just that's what homeschoolers often do just it's just, a, it's, yeah, just just a college class, one 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 per semester. That's it. And okay, and if you were in school, you would be a freshman or a sophomore? A freshman, freshman. Okay, and do you think of yourself as a freshman being <laughs> being homeschooled, or is it not really uh, how you think of it? Uh, no, I do, I do think of myself as a as a freshman home when I'm homeschooled. So okay, and yeah, and do you? I, I realize it's sort of your only frame of reference, so this might be a tough question for you to to answer. But but do you like the schedule that you have? He, I do. Yes, I do. I mean, now it's gotten a little busier now that I am high school technically, and uh, I have to do more stuff. And the college class that makes it a little. It's not much effort, but it it take it does make my schedule a little less flexible and all that. Okay, and you mentioned you had a brother. Is he also yeah. home with you? Uh, yes, he's 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 two years younger than me, and yes, he's he's also homeschooled. So, does does he play chess? Uh, he does, but he he doesn't play it so seriously. I mean, he, when he was, he, he's he really just goes uh, runs up and down a lot. Like I think when he was he was sixteen hundred, and I think he was six or seven, and now he's seventeen hundred. So. I mean, he he was at sixteen hundred. Then he dropped to his floor, went up, dropped to his floor, fourteen hundred, and now he doesn't really he doesn't really study much, and uh, and and yeah, he's sort of interested in other things like math and. Or okay. But with you with you traveling so much, does he often go with you? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, he often does go with me. Like, uh, like he went to to philadelphia with with me i mean and also because my dad works and sometimes he has to he has to go to long island uh for, for business and just can't leave my brother at home the entire day so. right, right okay okay and the, your dad i saw i saw in one of the articles you wrote for chess summit you were sort of tweaking your dad a little bit his, his chess playing abilities so apo- <laughs> apologies to mr brodsky but uh, does so is he a tournament player no no he isn't he's just <laughs> I wouldn't say patser, but he just—he's a beginner. Okay, so he's—he's he's just picked it up as a way to follow your progress. Yeah, I mean, he probably—I think he knew the rules before, before, but he then—he never really—he never played really. Okay, um, and uh, I mentioned briefly before, but I'm really a big fan of uh, your chess writing. I can tell you're putting a ton of time into your posts. I mean, they're. Great uh, explanations of uh, each position, as long as as well as going into to the um, the sort of psychology or the the struggle of uh, trying to get better as a chess player. So, uh, what has shaped your writing? Do you think it's other chess books, or do you like to read outside of chess? Uh, I don't know. Probably it is the. It's probably it is other chess books, and and also and also just my personal experience. Like okay, when I write articles, I don't want to just copy the stuff in the textbooks and and just do that i mean i want some personal games that were sort of important to me 
and for the articles, especially when it's instructional stuff. So. Okay, and how long does a, an article typically take you to write? Uh, uh, it, it really depends w- <laughs> what it is and how much how how much it is like like some of the articles take a lot longer than others especially the tournament recaps like like the one i did on the amateur team east i don't know if you yeah I saw did. That. I that that was maybe like i don't know five hours maybe okay but, i mean it doesn't surprise me at all i, I yeah. might have even guessed higher based on the um how much detail you go into and and how well presented it is yeah and do you write yeah. the, this is sort of a silly technical question, but do you, to, to make the chess diagrams, do you use Microsoft Word or what? Uh, no, I just, I just take a open in chess space and take a screenshot and then okay. crop it. That's my trick as well, but I really feel like there should be a better, better way to do it. <laughs> yeah, me too. But okay, I'll just, there are only, a, there aren't so many diagrams, so I just, I just do it the manual way and there's no problems with that. And, um, you know, you're, you're pretty young man only 14 years old and you've you've accomplished great things in chess do you do you get nervous when you play can you take us through the the emotions of uh trying to improve in chess um and putting so much work into it at your age if i i mean i do sometimes get nervous you know particularly before the tournament like before the first round pairings oh no what happens if i play this guy and he does this 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 but yeah it's not it's not so there's not so much stress Besides when it gets into, like, the norms and the norm possibilities and the, and winning the tournament or something like that. that, that That's when it gets stressful, like, like the last couple rounds in Philadelphia, especially right. my last round. <laughs> so, were you, do you feel like the nerves subside when you're playing or do you feel it, like, before the game and during the game? Uh, I think it sort of it sort of subsides during the game, unless the position gets why gets a little out of uh, gets out of my comfort zone with the wildness. Yeah, like, you've got some fun games. <laughs> yeah, some of them are fun. Like <laughs> my game with Paragua at the at the Philadelphia Open, that was a fun one. <laughs> so during the games, uh, like. Most recently, we'll talk. I'm sure you've played for like you know state and national titles and stuff like that too. But let's let's just start with the most recent. So, in these tournaments where you're playing for your third norm and you know if you say I don't know the I don't remember the exact scenario, but if you say you needed to win to get the norm or something like that, like how often during a game is the fact that you need to win for the norm crossing your mind? Oh well, actually, uh, in the last round game with Rafang Lee, that was crossing my mind quite a lot until I just until it was clear I was just worse and had no chances of winning the game right okay but I I, as I recall you had a couple games where you said you sort of wrote it off mentally like your position didn't look good and it was like a similar scenario but that actually enabled you to to claw your way back into a game (laughs) yeah yeah I, I mean those games it was sort of I knew I'd I'd still have a a pretty good chance even if I even if I lost the game and I, w- I wouldn't be happy but I still have a good good shot for the for a norm. Okay. And, when, and what would you consider the the highlight of your chess playing experience so far? The highlight of my chess playing experience so far, uh, well, pro- 
and probably it it was the Washington Congress in October last year when I when I got uh, my GM norm. That was probably the highlight. But yeah, this the Philadelphia Open is also a, also one of the highlights. And yeah, you beat three grandmasters in a row, correct? Yeah, I beat three three grandmasters in a row. That was that was sort of unexpected, but. Because I I sort of I drew my first round with White against a twenty two fifty or, or plus minus, so and it was one of those games. Okay, I I know that this position is just real real great for me and probably I should win it, but if, but of course I messed it up and didn't really. It was actually probably a little worse at some moments, but but yeah. Then when I beat Paragua, that was a very fun game very tense and it came out on top and then okay i'm like next round i get black against the top seed shamanov i i didn't really have anything to lose going into that game and i somehow won it and and then the fifth round was another long one and we were or somehow won it and, and yeah that was pretty motivating <laughs> okay so i have to tell my listeners i mean david you know you guys, I'm sure, listeners, you guys can appreciate that this is a very young, talented, improving chess player. But uh, his articles do an amazing job of really taking you through the uh, the experience. So I uh, I feel like it might be harder for you to talk about than to write about because when you see the diagrams and see the swings, sure. it's kind of surprising because yes. you know you and your opponents are such strong players. But it seems like the evaluation in the game is like teetering back and forth in a lot of them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Do you get the impression that that happens in your games more than other people of your your uh, strength? I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean, some of my some of my games do get a little a little more chaotic than they should in in general. But some of my games do look pretty do look pretty neat. But I I would say that yeah, my my play sometimes is the most solid. Okay. And is is how would you describe your chess playing style generally? In general, well, I, I just play. It, it depends on my when my opponent does. Like, okay, if we get a mess, like in the game with Paragua, I mean, I'll I'll play I'll play it. And okay, if we get something technical like against Berchus, I'll I'll play that too. I'll just play anything. <laughs> And how much I know that you meant. So you work with uh, Grandmaster Yermolinsky. Are you yes. also studying your games on your own? It seems like you're doing a lot of reflecting on each game that you play. Yeah, I do. I do look at look at the games and make some note, make some notes, analysis, and then and then Yermolinsky gives me tells me what he thinks about them in in general, and we look at some things and and yeah, I do look at I do look at my games a, a lot. Just. Even if it's just a confused jumble of notes, it's, right. it's better than nothing. And if you go to a tournament and you have extra like free time, what what do you like to do there? What do I like to do? Well, it it, it depends. Like some sometimes I just do nothing and re read the chess gossip and and all that. Where do you read the chess gossip? Oh, well, it depends. It's either chessbase or chess dot com or. Where else? I mean, also Chess Twenty Four and so you're, you're, all these. You're, so you're basically following the tournaments. I mean, yeah, okay. The There's only so much gossip. I know there are some, yeah. but it doesn't come out every yeah. day in our world. Yeah, true, true. Um, 
Okay, so you're not seeing the sights much when you when you go to a given city. Like you were recently in Charlotte, right? Yeah, I was in Charlotte. And was that a game a day? Uh, no, it was two games a day. Okay, so they're but keeping was, you busy. Yeah, but there's there's enough time between the between the rounds, so I I I you know prep for my morning. I take a look at the gossip, prep for my morning game, and then come back, eat, prep, play, sleep. That's Okay. And do you have to deal with schoolwork while you're there? Uh, some sometimes, sometimes yes. I just need I just do some do something in between the rounds and the on the computer or something. But usually, usually I I clear. I get a lot of things. I get things done before the tournament. Uh, just to make my life easier during the tournament. Okay. <laughs> And uh, do you have? Is there one parent in particular who usually chaperones you? Uh, no, it's us- usually my parents. Uh, oh, 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 uh, oh, no, sorry. Uh, it no, it's usually my mom who takes me to the to the tournaments and in general. I mean, sometimes it's my dad, but usually, especially if it's like over the weekdays or something, he works, so he. So it's my mom who usually takes me. Okay, and. Uh, I don't think we're going to answer the nature versus nurture and uh, solve what exactly correlates with with chess ability here on uh, the Perpetual Chess Podcast. But I, I am always curious about the backgrounds of the parents, uh, uh, particularly of young talents like yourself. Can you tell us a little bit about your parents? Oh, about my parents? Okay. Yeah. yeah so they're both from the Czech Republic. Uh, used to be Czechoslovakia. And th- yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they met in... Uh, college and at the math faculty and math computer science faculty and uh was in Prague I think and then my dad uh came here to get his uh PhD at uh, UMD and uh Okay his PH- what was his PhD in? Uh computer vision. Okay. And what's uh UMD? Uh University of Maryland. Okay. So it was down there and and he got a job here and been a, been in this area for uh, that's where this is where I've grown up. Okay, and, yeah, it does seem that there's a connection between uh, chess enthusiasm and computer programming. There's yeah, computer programming and math and uh, this math math. I mean, usually I meet. Uh, it's very funny that I meet the the chess people at the math and math people at the chess. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that is sort of funny. Like just. Just these random, just these math competitions. You just start counting the chess players, you know. That's funny. That's so funny. you're you're going to math competitions as well? Uh, I mean, one, yeah, sometimes. Like, I mean, my brother is more into math these days than I than I am. But, but yeah, I, mean, I go to there's a nice math circle nearby, and uh, and and I go there. Some they sometimes do tryouts for competitions, and then. And then I go, and then I, and then okay, if I if I get in, I go. So, and is there any sort of rating system for math? Um, not really. There's no real rating system. It's usually the scores in the competitions that. Okay, and what about uh, ranking? Uh, not 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 nothing like that. Okay. Really? Do you think that that's? Do you miss that? Like, do you like the the fact that chess is so easily quantified? <laughs> well. Well, I mean, it's sort of nice that you can get a, a, you know, with the ratings, you can easily get a, you know, someone's, how good someone is, relatively speaking, and 
Well, in math, okay, it depends on the competitions, like how you usually how how much you scored on this competition and that competition and and, and how, all that. How, how are they structured? The comp the math competition. How are they structured? Well, okay, the big the the important the important ones the big ones. Uh, there's these uh, math competitions, uh, AMC ten and twelve. It's for uh, for it's for kids under tenth grade and under twelfth grade, respectively. And uh, and then they, from those competitions, they take the top two and a half percent and go go to another another level. Amy, I made it there this year. And then they take like the top plus minus two hundred kids and make it to. US AMO or JMO and then and then they and then the top kids from that go get to the ca summer camp and then they from the summer camp they select the kids that go to the international math olympiad but so that and then and then there are some other comp competitions like like some of the some of the colleges do math competitions for high schoolers like like the HMMT, which is at Harvard and MIT. I went there last year, and that's where I met all the chess players. So. Funny. So, yeah. is it like a written test? Uh, Once you yeah, show up? It's, yeah, it's, it's written. It, the test, the competitions are usually written, and the answers it depends. Like for the for the AMCs, they have a multiple choice, so it's like five choices per question, and then. And then for some of the others, like for the Amy, they have like they give you your answer has to be between zero and nine hundred ninety nine inclusive or something. So so that minimizes the guessing and uh, and for some of the others, you just write it in. You just write the answer. Okay, and we won't hold it against you, but it, if you say math, but do you have do you have a preference between chess and math? Ah, uh, chess. <laughs> okay, good answer. Yeah, it's a good answer. <laughs> and do you think much about, uh, like, do you have a goal in chess? A goal in chess? Well, GM title is the, it's been the goal for a while, but... Might need to adjust that goal in another year or two. <laughs> yeah. If you get there. Yeah, I mean, okay. And you've I already got one norm, right? Yeah, I have one GM norm. And then yeah. you would need your FIDE rating to hit 2,500, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I need, I need two more norms in my feed aid to hit twenty five hundred. Okay, that should should take a it should take a while, but it's now that I'm an IM, I've made it. I've made I made it a distance, I've made it a nice section of the way. Okay, and before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about the K factor, meaning how how much a rating fluctuates at a given rating. I think this that's something that. Uh, some of our listeners might not be aware of. So, you do do you mind explaining how the scale changes as your rating goes up? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, so, with the USCF ratings, it's sort of simpler. That uh, what as your rating goes up, your K factor drops, which meaning that the ratings are less volatile as you go higher. And then I think that above twenty four hundred USCF, the K factor stays at fifteen. But with FIDE ratings, it's... So does uh, that mean if you beat someone your rating, you would gain 15 points? Or uh, No, no. Uh, if I beat someone my rating, I gain half a K factor. Okay. So because they take the difference between your expected score and your actual score, and they multiply it by the K factor. Okay. So I'd gain seven and a half. Okay. And, and in FIDE? 
Uh, now in FIDE, it's a lot. It's different. The way it used to work is uh, you'd have K factor thirty for your first, I think, maybe thirty, twenty, thirty games. I don't remember the exact number. And then your K factor would change to fifteen. And uh, when you cross twenty four hundred, your K factor would become ten. But then I think it was in sometime in the summer of two thousand fourteen they changed it so that uh, below twenty four hundred your the there the K factor is twenty. Above twenty four hundred the K factor stays at ten. But for kids under the age of eighteen, the K factor would become forty, which is real which is pretty high compared to like fifteen. And uh Though if you though if the kid crosses twenty three hundred, then the K factor becomes twenty. So I was really surprised. Like, what are they doing? K factor, K factor forty. Are they just? Is it? It's, it's crazy. And there have been cases where some kid goes from twenty one hundred to twenty five hundred in, in a couple months, thanks to the K factor. Right. Well, I imagine that the problem they're trying to address is like here in here in the United States. A lot of the tournaments are not FIDE rated. So I know that in the Pro Chess League, there was basically an arbitrage where if you could find the kids who had high USCF ratings, but their FIDE rating uh, had not caught up with it, then you would basically have a competitive advantage. Like I know Christopher Yu and uh, uh, the guy on uh, St. Louis, whose name is escaping me, um, uh, the fourth Rose- board. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. like I think they have yeah. lower FIDE ratings. Um, so do you have any ideas of how else they might handle that or do you just think there should be more fide tournaments in the u.s well i, I mean I'd, I'd probably say that there should be more fide tournaments in the u.s just in general i mean there's there are there are fide tournaments like the big ones and uh and, and some of the smaller ones but but and there are like fide some fide tournaments at the marshall once in a while but but yeah, I think in general there's there's still a lot of tournaments which US which are USCF rated but not not FIDE rated. And I think there sh- there should be more FIDE tournaments in general. But but yeah, I don't think K40 is the solution to to the problem. I mean, a little higher K factor, okay, that's fine, but but 40 is just too too volatile. Yeah, it does from what you've said, I I agree with you, although I, I wasn't aware of the issue until you brought it up. But it's it's an interesting problem. Yeah. I mean, with me and the K-Factor, okay, I did boom up to 2300, 23-something feet A in uh, late 2014, early 2015. So the, I was, I, you know, I was like 2300 USCF and about the same on feet A, so I was a bit overrated and then with K20, I dropped and and I and you know stayed around 2250. Then I dropped a little lower, went back went back up and and yeah. But now I'm back over 2300 with some of my recent successes. No, now I'm 2380. But yeah, I spent a lot of time below 2300 for quite a while. Yeah, I know you mentioned in in your articles that you've had a lot of swings in your your rating and your performance. Yeah, agreed. Is that something that you're working to improve, or you just consider that sort of comes with the territory of getting better overall? Yeah, I mean, there's gonna have to, there. 
there's gonna have to be some volatilities here and here and there. I mean, as I as I'm going going up, I mean, everybody has bad tournaments once in a once in a while, and. But yeah, definitely I should try to stabilize my place somewhat, just not to not to be going up and down, especially if if I want to get those those twenty points to twenty four hundred, it's no good if I just keep if I keep on if I drop and then go up and drop again and you go up. Well, but, it, it might get you the title. <laughs> it might get me my title, yeah. I could get twenty four hundred unofficially and You wouldn't uh, be the you wouldn't be the first. No, I wouldn't be the first. Nor the last. Right, exactly. So do you do you feel sharper at times? Like, can you feel it when you sit down? Like, oh, I just don't have it today. Or is it more like you just play some bad move and then then you know that you didn't have it that day? Yeah, it it, it depends. I mean, sometimes I do sort of feel like, okay, I'm tired. I have a headache. I have a whatever. And it may not be my day, but... But also sometimes after these, after some pretty bad games, I'm like, what, 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 what am I thinking today? Like, I'm not thinking. <laughs> Do you? So, I mean, I think a lot of chess players might experience this. Do you have days where you just you have to force yourself to calculate? So- uh, not, not really. I mean, okay. So it's not that you're not calculating; you're just missing things. Yeah, I'm just missing things. Okay. Um, so you're 14 years old, a few more years before, do you, before college, do you have a plan for if you definitely want to go to college? Um, no, I, I mean, yeah, I'm going to go to college, but which college is the, is the question. And I re- at this point, I really have no idea. Well, I, sh- yeah, yeah. I should hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are plenty of, plenty of options available for me. And, and are you thinking, and I, I know that they offer, you're probably going to receive uh some chess scholarship offers if you haven't already is that something you might consider yes that's something i i will consider okay if i want to i want to do that but and would you do that is it primarily do you think if you were to take that would it be a financial decision chess decision um combination i guess (laughs) yeah i don't know it'd probably be a combination of the two but Really, at this point, I I don't know what I'm gonna what I'm gonna do with with the college. I mean, the the there are a lot of college the amount of colleges that are offering the chess scholarships that that number is growing these days, and maybe something will pop up when something more will pop up by the time I go to college. Okay, and any idea what you would like to study? Uh probably something math or computer science. So something something like that in that territory and uh, you know if i were 14 i would have no idea what the answer to these questions are so i'm sorry if this gets tiresome but this will be my my last uh career plan type question but do you think about being a chess professional (sighs) that's a a tricky one i mean it depends where i it really that that thing depends where i am like at the point i mean i can just you know, I, I mean, okay, I can just, you know, I, I don't know, honestly. 
Okay. Okay. I'll come. Uh, one of the reasons I like to get you young talents on is that one of you someday is going to be world champion, and then then you'll feel compelled to come back on because you are already a guest. So uh, okay, I'll have you back on <laughs> in about six <laughs> years, and uh, we can discuss it then. Okay. Okay. Um. So what else do you do, David? We mentioned uh, that you don't have much downtime when you go to tournaments, but what are your interests outside of uh, chess and math? Um, just day to day life. Yeah, I mean. Okay, there, I, I do things like okay, I do a little karate and uh, and also and also just we have a few things like I have a basketball hoop outside and uh, a little ping pong. I have a ping pong table in the basement. It's not the greatest table, but yeah, but it's good enough. And there's and also just just life, normal yeah. life. Just, do you get along? I guess you and your brother must be spending a lot of time together if you're. Uh homeschooled it together do you guys get along pretty well uh in general yes and we also have friends who are homeschooled and have uh, similar interests are they chess players uh not really i mean a, a couple have played chess but you know maybe they made it to like 1300 but okay. they 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 don't play these days so you're talking about local friends not not local friends yes local okay friends. okay yeah. well David, I think um, we've covered most of the topics I wanted to talk about. Is there anything else you'd like to um, to talk about? I don't think so. There's nothing that comes to mind. Okay. And again, I recommend people people read your stuff uh, yes. on Chess Summit, which has a lot of yes. a lot of great writers uh, writing about yes. sort of their chess experience. And yes. if people want to comment, I mean, to reach you. Uh, should they just leave a comment there, or is there another way? Um, for uh, th- yeah, they can just they can just leave a comment in one of my one of my articles, and I'll 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 find it. It'll just send me an email, and that's it. Excellent. Okay. Thanks. Well, David, um, I I wish you a lot of luck in the future. I don't really okay, think you need my you. my well wishes, but um, <laughs> just in case they make a difference, I'll, I'll give them to you. Um, thank you. And thanks again for coming on. Oh, uh, what's last question? Very last yeah. question. What's your next tournament? Oh, my next tournament. Uh, I think it's going to be the Maryland Open in uh, two weeks, in two weekends. Okay, is it norm? Is it a norm tournament? Uh, no, it's just five rounds. Okay, but but still, time gain some FIDE points, hopefully, or or just don't lose. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a good goal. Yeah. First, first do no harm. Yep. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, David. Uh, good luck with uh, everything, and we'll, we'll be watching your progress. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for having me on this podcast. Thanks for listening to Perpetual Chess. To hear more episodes, give feedback, or suggest guests, go to perpetualchesspod.com. If you like the show, please help me out by telling your friends and giving me a high rating on iTunes. I'll be back next week with another episode of the Perpetual Chess Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.